Welcome to another installment of the Melrose Place podcast, where we rewatch, recap, and analyze every episode of the hit 90s TV series Melrose Place. Dan. And I'm Jenny. Let's start the show! November 25th, 1992, Jake first Jake, episode 17, and I am beginning to understand why this show almost got canned. Did it almost get canceled? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, they were ready to pull the plug, and then they were like, wait, wait, wait. Get Heather Locklear in here. How about Amanda? (laughs) Quick. (laughs) Yeah. It's not enough. I, I wonder back then if it was enough, but for like now, 20... 17 watching it it's just it's just missing something and i think it's probably amanda and sydney yeah we need y'all we need you they're please. coming and kimberly please come we let's, need you let's unpack this okay yeah. so we open up of course it's a shot into melrose place and there's a voiceover of a morning show these like shock jocks or whatever like these am radio morning people we're talking about how the average person's stomach acid is strong enough to melt steel. I have no idea. And like idea. other weird facts. And it and that takes us to Billy and Allison's apartment. It's the morning. They're getting ready for their day. And Billy is going on and on about how he has gotten a job to be a department store Santa because the holidays are coming up. And we can tell that Allison is distracted. They're making their coffee. She's looking off into the distance. Billy is droning on and on. And he then says, well, then I'm going to get yeah, out. He makes a really inappropriate <laughs> well, joke here. I mean, for 92 it's not as relevant i mean columbine hadn't happened yet but yeah, what but does he say still, he's like i'm gonna like just to test if allison's listening he's like well why don't i just get an m16 and shoot up the the gallery at the at the beverly center like that is not nice it's not a good well, thing. Well, I do, mean, again, though. in 25 years down the road, we have uh, lots of things have happened, uh, and a lot in recent um, history has happened. And I think that we have the, the, the wherewithal to look back. But in 92, I mean, that Columbine hadn't happened yet. That's not something that people would do. Um, so uh, Billy's like, So, Allison, is there something on your mind? And she's like, yeah, I guess I just have a lot of work is all. Nothing nothing beyond that. Yeah, she's really preoccupied and she's like, I'm just going to go to work. So we go over to the Mancini's residence and Jane and Michael are packing for a romantic weekend away in San Francisco. And yeah, who cares? <laughs> well, well, I don't care about this until Jane wants to like bang Michael so, right there. So before that, Michael is saying how he's going to some kind of seminar and Jane talked Kay Beacon, her new boss, into letting her go up to San Francisco to be a secret shopper and they're getting ready to go have this nice little vacay weekend away and then Jane just like 
like pummels him. It's like, take your pants off, doctor. <laughs> yeah. I, every episode they have like a little sexy scene. They they are really getting it on. Yeah, they have sex more than anybody. Good on for the them. Place. Good for them. So then Jake is seen talking to Billy outside in the courtyard, and he's like, "Hey, spot me a twenty, will you? I got to go to lunch with this babe that I." Uh, that I used to date. He calls her the one who got away. The one who got away. And Billy's like, take her to shooters. I got a two for one deal going on there. Like <laughs> and he's like, no, no, no. She's staying at a fancy hotel. I got to really impress her. So Billy hands over the cold hard cash. 20 buccarinos. And that's sad if you are borrowing money from Billy. Yeah, that's a low point in your life. <laughs> that's a real You know what, point. though? I really, I'm start, I'm starting to come around on Billy. No, I, I he's redeemed himself in a I'm lot going, of way in I'm this going episode. The so way. we're gonna, we'll, we'll get into this a little bit more. So Allison is at a doctor's office, and we're finally seeing the cause for her concern. Her doctor comes in and tells her that she does have an enlarged uterus. Her uterus is so big right now. <laughs> <laughs> and her doctor's like, is it possible that you could be pregnant? And of course, Allison is just taken aback. Like, well, you know, I was in a relationship Sick. a few months ago, but I was very safe. We always use protection. She's like, what? I only bang Keith every day of my life. <laughs> so the doctor. They did not use a condom in the shower when he got out of the shower at how, her place. How do you know? I, I know it. And. They did not use a condom when when she when they went for seconds and she threw his shirt at him. Okay, that was those were sporadic condomless sex. I know when I see it. You you have spotted that. Yeah, so you were not safe, Allison. Well, she is very concerned, and she says, "Well, I haven't missed a period. I don't know what this could be." And the doctor said, well, you know, we should do some further tests. We take a blood test, see if you're pregnant, and kind of go from there. Mm-hmm. Now we go to Matt, who's back working at the halfway house, and he's already frazzled as shit already. He is loading up his car with fruits and vegetables and whatever from, like, a some market. <laughs> And like he's he's like freaking out because he doesn't have a tray of strawberries, so he sends Rhonda back for the strawberries, and she meets this dude named Terrence, and they get in a big fight over a bunch of strawberries, and I don't know what the hell's going on. Right. So Rhonda goes back into this like farmers market area, and she picks up the tray of strawberries, and this guy Terrence is like. Um, excuse me, lady. Those are my strawberries. I just paid for them. Nuh-uh, motherfucker. These are my strawberries. <laughs> Verbatim. What That's kind what... of guy are you? <laughs> so he's like, um, no, I paid for these. I'm taking them. So they're like fighting over these strawberries. It's getting heated. Uh, she's insulting him. He's insulting her. And then Matt runs up and is like, oh, Rhonda, sorry. The tray of strawberries I thought we left here, I actually put them in the front seat of the car. Right. They're, they're there all along. Let's go. You know, Terrence is played by uh, John Marshall Jones, who is best known for uh, being in White Men Can't Jump. And he was the dad on... Smart guy. I don't know smart guy. He's a smart guy. It's a black family. The little kid is a genius. It's not ringing any bells. On the WB? 
Oh, man. Sorry. Boo. Smart guy. We all know smart guy. Okay. So, Rhonda is, of course, embarrassed because she's just insulted this guy and got into, like, a straight-up fight in the middle of this market. And then he's like, wait, I love you. (laughs) He's like... Let's hang out. Wait, I need to tell you how great you are. I mean, your spirit and the way your, your look. Let me make it up to you. Let me take you out. Again, it's always let me take you out to dinner. Yeah. And you need every- dinner? You need food? All these people need food, especially Rhonda. She has that malnourished belly that oh. my sister mentioned. <laughs> so And this this is the beginning of the end, Rhonda. This is oh. this is your swan song. I calling it, you're gonna hang out with this guy every episode and then you guys run away together or uh, something. Well, we shall see. That's going to be it. So Terrence and Rhonda have a little exchange knowing looks that it looks like this could be the beginning of something. Mm-hmm. So then we're off to uh, Allison back at the doctor's appointment. So they've had a couple more um, tests, John, and it turns out that Allison is in, not pregnant but there could be some other underlying issues that are causing her to have this enlarged uterus. Right. And n- no other symptoms are mentioned. Nope. She Just big old uterus. <laughs> she doesn't. Like, she does We don't know why, what prompted her to want to go to the doctors. But apparently, all we know is she has an enlarged uterus. Right. And then... Well... Basically, she doesn't have insurance... So she starts dabbling, thinking about the cost, and like it's starting to freak her out. And my first thought here is, D&D, you bunch of cheapskate advertisers, you don't have freaking insurance for your employees? And that's what I was thinking, too. How dare too. you? And I was thinking back in the 80s and 90s, like, that's when insurance. life was good. Like, yeah. that's when you worked for a large corporation. Like, you had the insurance. You had the company car. You were, they like... the bomb insurance. Yeah. It's well, apparently, cool. she doesn't. And the doctor is, like, look, I don't want to speculate what could be wrong, but... Do you have hospital insurance? And uh, that's when Allison is like, no. And the doctor's like, I don't want to alarm you, but you may very well need it. It's a lot. And ha- did you notice in this episode, there are a lot of very strange musical interludes? Yeah. That are like, they're like very, very traditional soap opera. Oh, there's almost nothing I like about this episode. I know. The, I can see the pain. I'm so you, your face I'm is fucking stricken. hated this Yeah, one. I know, I know. But guys, we're getting through the stinkers to really right. get through. They to- can't all be good. They can't all be good. Right. So we go. Jake is gonna have lunch with the one that got away. Colleen, I Colleen, think. Colleen, right. Played by Beth Toussaint. Toussaint. She's best known for her role in Scream 3 and Dallas. Is it just me or does she seem like way older than Jake? Yes. Yeah, again, I, I didn't I'm sorry. buy it. Like, she's supposed to be this like Harley chick, like devil may care, out like, hanging with the boys. She's like grown out of it and found a new another life. Yeah. Like a better life. I just didn't believe it. And she's like, well, I've been married for three years now. It was a long time ago when we were together, Jake. And um, so she reveals that. And she's like, well, you know, 
I'm actually here on business with my husband and my son. David, my son, is four and a half years old. And biologically, Jake, you're the father. Right. She drops that on him at a $20 dinner. A lunch. Yeah. And it's like they've just seen each other. And she's like, I'm sorry. I couldn't bring myself to tell you. You were already set to move out to L.A. And I just knew that this would hold you back. And you needed to go out and do your thing. And uh, and I just, I, I, I couldn't tell you. So as a, as a new father myself, from my perspective, if someone out of the blue, an old flame... Came up to me at lunch, at a $20 lunch, and told me that I have a child. I would need at least a week to process just that. Yeah. Just that. Like, I would be like, okay, you're saying I have a child. I need to end lunch. I'm going to go. And then I'm going to go home, and I'm going to sit down, and I'm going to really, really think about this real hard. And then don't tell me anything else. And I'm going to go deal with that. Now, on top of telling Jake this, then she also tells him to give up the kid. Yes. With papers. Because he already has a family. And, like, the, the, new, the new guy is, the, is his dad now. And, yeah, this is, this is all bad. So, Jake, I mean, of rightfully so, is like... Look, I was never given a chance. You never told me. I mean, who knows what would have happened if you told me. I may not have gone to L.A. I could have been a dad. And now you're coming here and telling me I have a son and asking me to give him away in the same breath? What's wrong with you? But on the flip side, Jake, you ain't ready for no kid. You had to borrow 20 bucks to go to this lunch. But you have to admit that, that, like, you just did admit this. It's not fair. Yeah, it's It's not not cool. And and the Colleen, his ex-girlfriend, is like, Jake, you have to do this for him. This is what's right. He already has a a father. You've got to do this for your kid. And then Jake is like, what I can do for David is not give him away and show him that I'm here for him. And he storms out. Jeez. You take such detailed notes. I'm a very copious note taker. Guys, she like writes the whole dialogue (laughs) down. I really do have like quotes and stuff. On our Facebook or or Twitter and Instagram, I'm going to put together both ours. Oh, gosh. Because mine are just bullet points of like, Jake, lunch. (laughs) (laughs) Baby. Well, I don't have that great of a memory either. So it's good for me to have little reference points. I mean, I'm a little jealous. Don't be. So where are we? We're at Shooters with Jake and Joe. And Joe, Joe's been around for what? A week, week and a half? And she already knows that Shooters is a place that sucks you in. Yeah, she does say that. (laughs) Yeah. What is it about this place that just sucks us in? Right. And uh, I don't even know that Jake responds to that. Well, it's really similar to the scene with Allison and Billy where Joe is talking to Jake and Jake is kind of like wistfully looking off and distracted by something. And Joe's like, hey, you you got something on your mind? You want to talk about it? Right. So Jake tells Joe the, the gist. I have a kid and I'm debating whether or not I want to be involved in his life. And of course... Joe, someone who abandoned her entire life, like, just weeks ago, tells him, huh? Forget that, baby. 
She says, no, what she says is, what is it about you guys? If you love someone, you have to own them. But she was all but saying, this is probably a bad idea. Well, yeah, but it, I, I think... The, That's when he's like, I'm, I'm leaving. How she's coming about it is that she feels that Jake needs to have some ownership over this child. And that's how she was felt like she was being owned as a commodity by her, her husband. Mm-hmm. And really, it's totally not the same thing. This is a baby. This is a child. Yeah. This you is your child. You want to be involved. Yeah. So Jake Jake has a blow up and he's like, I'm out of here. Fuck shooters. So we go to Allison's apartment and she's on the phone with the doctor. Uh, Billy comes home mid-conversation. She hangs up and Billy can tell that she's a little distraught. Billy's super nosy here. He's nosy all the time. Yo, if somebody's on the phone with a doctor or just anyone, you don't immediately go like, what was that about? What are you doing? Hey, talk to me. I'm your best friend. And that's what Allison's like, nothing. I just have to take care of something is all. Have you ever noticed that Billy always has to tell Allison they're best friends? (laughs) It's not really reciprocated. If you're best friends, like, you just know. And you don't have to be, like, every time something comes up. Hey, remember? Best friends? And it's always Allison being like, you have to win my friendship back. Yeah. Like, yo, Billy, you are very, uh, what's the word? Uh, self-conscious about this friendship. Well, Dan. Having to continue to remind them. Okay, do we have to remember he Billy moves into Melrose Place not knowing anybody. He doesn't have any other friends. And no one called him for three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> so Hey, you, come on. Remember? Best friends. We're best friends. Come on, tell me. Tell me. Come on, come on. Okay, so. And the, then Allison's like, you drank the last soda. Work on that. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's the, That did happen there. Um, so Rhonda and Terrence are going out to dinner for their little date. And they go into a swanky place. And um, right. they they go up to the front, <laughs> the, the host stand. God damn it, Rhonda. It's always got to be a racial thing with Rhonda. Yeah, and Rhonda's like, so they the, Terrence goes up and says, hi, you know, we have a reservation. And the host taking them to their table really didn't interact with them. And Rhonda was like, Oh, don't you love that when you walk into a place like this and they don't even look you in the eye? And he's like, well, you know, maitre d's can be that way. They're kind of born that way. Right. And then the the host takes them to a table that's a little bit into the back of the restaurant. And she's like, oh, great. They're moving us to the back of the bus, aren't they? Can you believe it? And (laughs) And then he's like, oh, yeah. The chef wants to talk to the owner. So the a server comes out and whispers something into Terrence's ear. And she's like, what's that all about? And he's like, is this all racial for you? And she was like, well, I'm just saying. I think we should just go to Pink's and go down to the beach and get some hot dogs. No, and Pink, then Pink's is really good. If you guys don't know, if you're not from L.A. or, or been out here, there is this very, very famous hot dog stand called Pink's. And it is delicious they make like all kinds of different chili dogs i'm sure this is where michael and jane yeah i'm like if you remember michael and jane's chili dog story they that they went to pink that's how they fell in love yeah was over pinks right like this so like her her suggesting this is not like insane 
Yeah. Pink's is good. good. Pink's is good. But he's like, um, well, actually, I own this restaurant. And she's floored. Like, yeah. What? And then she's like, oh, well, none of that was, none of that's racist anymore. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like, that's such bullshit. Like, God, Rhonda. Hit the oh, road. Okay. So, um, we, Jake goes to this upscale hotel carrying a little teddy bear, a little like stuffed animal. And he goes up to the pool area, and that's where he sees his ex-girlfriend, this cute little boy, and this man playing as a happy little family. And Jake's little boy is played by none other than Miko Hughes. And if you don't know Miko Hughes, his first movie ever, he played Gage Creed from Pet Cemetery. He was he was the little creepy boy. Wasn't he in Full House, He's too? He's on Full House. Yeah. He was in Kindergarten Cop. He was on... Uh, oh, does he say, girls have a penis? Uh, yeah. The boys have a penis, girls, girls have, have a vagina. vagina. Yeah. <laughs> and I was going to say this, but he... Interestingly enough, he's the kid in Kindergarten Cop who says, um, it might be a tumor. Really? Yeah, and this is a tumor episode. Oh. Kawinky dink? Uh, I think not. Nope. Um, so yeah, Miko Hughes, he, he's a big time child actor. And uh, I looked him up. He's also on um, on 90210 before this. So I'm sure that they were just like. Use that kid again. Get that get that kid. Get that, that, that weird boy. <laughs> So, um, Colleen, the ex, spies Jake from across the pool and is immediately livid. She gets up, runs over to him, and is like, what are you doing here? You are supposed to call me. I don't want you to be here. You save it. I don't want you around David. Don't be all macho. I think she says macho. Yeah, she does. And I'm like, where the hell is this coming from? Mm-hmm. He, he, like, brought a teddy bear. You just bring on this man that he has a child that he never knew about, and he's a little curious about his kid. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So, we, so that ends badly, and Jake storms off. Then we go to Rhonda walking home, and then Terrence rolls up in his, his merce. Well, Mercedes convertible, and yeah. it's like, hey, I just ran into Matt, and he said that you'd be walking down the street right now. Yeah, so I'm stalking the shit out of you. <laughs> That's Get in. <laughs> I, I want to go to a picnic to Catalina. And for yeah. those of you who don't know where that is, Catalina is an island off of the coast of California. It's like off of LA, like 30 miles out to sea. And it's not something that you could just go, let's go for a nice little afternoon picnic. Like that is a day trip or more. Maybe, maybe he's got a helicopter. So uh, Rhonda's like, well, look, I have a lot of errands to do. I'm teaching a class later today. Uh, so I'm going to have to pass on the picnic. And Terrence is like, well, at least let me be your chauffeur. Why don't you jump in and I'll take you to everywhere you need to go. Yeah. And then she was like, hey, wait a minute. You didn't have this car the last time I saw you. Oh, the Toyota? That's just for schlepping around town. This is my town car. Oh, my God. I like Terrence. Terrence. I like him. He's, you just like him because he's rich. <laughs> that might be a little bit of it. He's, he's charming, though, and he's funny. Yeah. 
Well, he's the dad of the smart guy. Well, he, I, I, I need to watch that. He's then. a smart guy. <laughs> smart guy was a big deal. Okay. It was. Okay, if you say so. So, uh, my next note is worst Santa ever. <laughs> so, Billy has gotten his Santa suit from the department store that he's going to be playing Chris Kringle. This is literally the worst Santa impression I have ever heard in my entire life. It's really not good. He comes out and Allison's in the kitchen and he's, I guess, just trying to put a smile on her face. So, he's like... Ho, ho, ho. No, Jenny, that's too good. That's too good. What you did right there is miles better than what he did. Well, let you try it. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Hello, children. He's like, like hello, what? girl. Nope, too good. Too good. <laughs> hello, little girls. He's like, what? What kind of Santa are you used to, Billy? <laughs> so, Allison's like, Great, you got the job, and walks away and tries to avoid Billy, and Billy's still following her around the apartment doing yeah. this weird impression of Santa. Then she starts sobbing, and he's like, okay, no more games. No more jokes. <laughs> Come on, I'm Alice, your best friend. And Allison's like, oh, God, this is embarrassing. And I, whenever poor Allison has a breakdown and she's crying. I can't tell if she's laughing or crying. She has issues. She's like smiling while she's crying. <laughs> if you can see Dan's face, it's priceless, man. <laughs> so that's when she reveals to Billy, I have a tumor. It's not cancer. It's benign. It's a fibroid in my uterus, but it's growing, and they don't know why, and they want me to have it out in an operation, and it could affect my chances of having children, which is really awful. Sucks. And really sad, yeah. So, But you got to get it out. Got to get it out. So Billy's like... And then, yeah, Billy's like, I'm going to take care of you. We're best friends. <laughs> Remember? And Alice... It's like she's, she's not just like brainwashed. Like he has to tell her that shit every 10 minutes. Otherwise, she'll forget and be like, wait, who the fuck are you? <laughs> Get out of my apartment. Stop it. So Allison is like, I don't have health insurance and I can't pay for the operation. I was saving up for health insurance and of course this happens. And then I'm thinking, you have to actually save up for health insurance? Is it that different than what we do now where you just pay a monthly premium? Yeah, but she might have just been trying to save up so that she could afford the monthly payments. Maybe. So Billy's like, look, there's a way we can figure this out. Don't worry. You're not alone. I've got you. And and then Allison is like, well, coming from you, Billy, I almost makes me feel like I could believe that. And I'm, I'm really trying to find, like, why I dislike Billy so much. And... In this scene, it was really, his, like, his coddling voice, his soft voice, makes me want to punch things. But you know what? It had the opposite effect on me. Yeah, but he, he, like, he gets so soft, and he's like, we're gonna take care of you. Like, when he's talking to Martin. (laughs) It's just very soft, and I'm like, this is Put on bullshit. I don't know. I'm starting to see like Billy is very like he has a sweet side. He really does care for Allison a lot. And I care for Allison too. So I mean it makes me he he Billy's coming around for me. It's very strange because I 
when I used to watch this show, I remember like really digging like Billy and Allison. Really? Now I'm like Maybe it gets better. I'm like team I like Joe. Joe's the best. Well that brings us to the next scene. Joe walks into Melrose Place carrying a bag of groceries with a very prominent baguette sticking out of the top. A lot of bread. A lot of bread <laughs> in that bag. So she knocks on Jake's door and she wants to apologize and has peace offerings. Right. And and so Jake, of course, accepts her into the house, into the apartment, and then they're going to like hang out. They start drinking some wine, and then Jake pours into how he wants to be... A father figure for his little boy and how he doesn't want his mom like he doesn't want what his mom was to him be him to his son right and he's like i want to go see a lawyer about getting joint custody if not full custody of david right and joe's face here is like uh, wow what are you fucking insane and he's like david is going to think that i don't care for him and Sometimes I think I'm not a good enough. I'm not good enough to be a dad or a husband or anything adult. And I want to take care of that kid. And Joe is like, "Okay, look. Have you thought about how your life would change if you did accept this kid into your life and how his life would change? And I mean, not to mention the expense of everything." Yeah. And Jake is like, "Shut down. Okay, yeah. thanks Joe. Bye. Have a good night, Joe." Thanks for the wine and big bread. So we go to <laughs> Allison and Billy, and they are at the Wilshire Hospital. And uh, Billy says that they have to go in person to talk to these bureaucrats to try to get anything done to see if they can do anything to give Allison a break on the surgery she has to get done. Right. And then, so they go and meet with this freaking guy who's, like, from the Lollipop Guild. Or, I thought, what is it, um, Green Gods and, and Harry Potter? Yeah, he <laughs> just, he looks like a serial killer, and he hates helping people. He's, at every turn, he's like, no, And he has this very weird, affected way of speaking, like, mm, you don't have health insurance? Well, I'm sorry, but we can't help you at all. Yeah, it's and like, they're like, come on, let's go to the next doctor. And he's like, well, they'll tell you the same thing. Right, so he's like, uh, well, let's see. If you want to pay out of pocket, the grand total would be $15,000 prepaid up front. And, uh, yeah, so they're like, well, that's ridiculous. We're going to have to go look at other hospitals. and It's such bullshit. That this, and this type of shit still happens today. But don't hospitals have, like, they have to treat you? Even if you don't have health insurance and there yeah, is a life-threatening... But you got to go in, like, like this, this tumor has to have ruptured. Like and... in the ER, you can't just be like, I'd like to schedule a surgery. Yeah, you can't do that. Still can't do that. Well, I don't know. Um, so, they're, Allison and Billy are walking outside in in a parking lot, and they've already been to several hospitals all over L.A., and it's true, they have gotten the same answer from all the hospitals they visited, and um, Billy's like, look, if we can't figure out something by tomorrow, I'm going to go to my parents, and I'm going to borrow the money. You're my best friend. Yep. <laughs> Remember. <laughs> and Allison is like, oh, Billy, you're so sweet, but you're not Santa Claus. I'm going to have to do this on my own. And it's like raining, so they're sharing an umbrella, and it's all it's so very cute. Mm. Mm-hmm. 
blah, blah, blah. And then we cut to the next scene where um, Matt, Michael, and Jane are decorating uh, for Christmas in the uh, in the courtyard. Oh, okay. I just thought that they were going through their Christmas decorations in the courtyard. And I was like, why are they in the courtyard? No. They're, they're gonna... decorating the courtyard. Yeah. That was lost on me. What? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No. Then Billy, he comes back with a chip on his shoulder and like hates all doctors and all practices of healthcare. And Michael's sort of taken back like, whoa. Hey, Where is this coming from? Let's fix this. Allison, you want to talk? And he's like, come on, let me let me just have a word. Let me come in and talk to you guys about it. And so he does. But not before Terrence and Rhonda come down from... And here's the oh, other right. thing. Where are they coming out of? Because they were coming down from Rhonda's old apartment, which is where Joe lives now. Continuity error. Um, but now, yeah, Rhonda's a studio. Rhonda lives in the studio on the bottom floor that, like, we never see. Yeah, maybe they were just kind of moseying around up there. Yeah, they wanted to have their grand entrance because they are all dolled up. I mean, Rhonda does have on this gown and jewels, and um, Terrence has his tux on, and they really they look great. And they're going out to it's the like, symphony. We're going to the symphony, y'all. They <laughs> look at me, and all I can think is couple more episodes <laughs> and you're out of here bud so they're off for their little night out and michael does go into billy and allison's apartment and they're trying to brainstorm ideas as to how allison can get this surgery without having to pay an arm and a leg right and uh, they basically end the conversation with michael being like look i'm gonna see what's up just just hang on a sec and then we go, finally, we get to see... No, but first... What? She goes over to the refrigerator, opens it, and is like, Billy, you uh, got sodas. God. And Billy's like, listen, Allison, I'm not going to do the Santa thing. I'm going to make sure that I'm going to be right by you during this whole thing. And then Allison looks at him and says, you know what? I sure do got a real best friend. Oh, God. Yeah, because he hammers it home every day <laughs> that you guys are friends. So then we're off to finally we get to see where Jake works. And it's a real weird setup for a bike shop. Well, we see him in action. There's a random cash register in the middle of the floor. <laughs> the floor is completely like... Like, uh, department store tiled. And then there's just this, like, metal shelving with random bits and pieces of, of bike parts on it. And, like, and then there's a motorcycle that's just in the middle of the tiles with no sort of working tool area or bench or, or like, or like oil pan, okay. anything. This is the first season. They might have to skimp on a little bit of the set decoration. Yeah, it's like, Jake, what are you... What are you doing, man? We get it. He's at his... Uh, the shop. Suspension of disbelief. He's there. And there's a knock at the door. It's after hours. And who's there but Colleen, his ex. And all I could think of, she was all up in his face about he going to where she was without being announced. And she was all upset about that. And here she is showing up at his place of work being like, we need to talk right now. 
And he's like, uh, I've got stuff I have to do. No. Yeah, I've got to work on this bike. And then she's like, oh, is it a 67, 70s la la la? And she's <laughs> like, is it a 72 Electric Glide Harley? And he's like, it's a 70, but same difference. Right. And then she's like, well, let's put some parts on it. And then magnificently, those parts are right on the stupid little shelves that they made. Right. So she she knows her stuff. She knows her way around a Harley. She's like giving Jake pointers and she's like telling him how she, he's got to fix the bike. And then she jumps right into it. Like, come on, Jake, you got to sign those papers. I'm sorry for the way that things turned out, but you got to stop feeling so sorry for yourself. You don't need David to get some direction into your life. You have to do that for yourself. This kid has his own life and you got to let him have his own life. And I will say during these interactions that Grant's show is the best on Melrose Place at these leveled arguments and 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 uh monologues if you will uh, he i think he has the best acting chops on the show and when when he is like passionate about something i do believe i believe it i do too and you know what he says he's like look i'm pissed off i'm pissed at you because you got what you want and you took that away from me right which is totally valid yeah maybe he gets like great lines or something but he his scenes like are are strong i agree and i i feel for jake i mean okay maybe he isn't in the place in his life where he could really support a kid but he does have a child yeah and it's one that he didn't know about and he should have the opportunity to make that decision for himself whether or not he wants to be in that kid's life yeah and and maybe it's because he's not just one one level angry. Like if Billy's mad, he's just mad. If Allison's sad, she's just crying and laughing. Um, <laughs> if if Jake is a mad, like he he goes from like yelling to not yelling to trying to convey his point to like questions and like smiles and smirks and like it just it works. Yeah, he's good. Yeah. So he's like, look, I you need. You need to give me some space. Like, I can't tell you I'm going to sign the papers tonight. Call me tomorrow and we can talk about it then. hmm So, it is the next day. He's back at his shop. And apparently, his shop doesn't have an actual telephone. Inside the shop, there's a payphone that he has to put a quarter in to call the hotel room of Colleen. Yeah. This episode is actually about cheap-ass works. <laughs> Because Allison doesn't have health insurance provided by her work. And Jake can't make a goddamn outgoing phone call. Without, without paying for it <laughs> on a pay phone. Yeah. Total crap. So um, David answers. And he's like, oh, hi. Um, can you put your mom on the phone, buddy? And he does. And he's like, look, uh, I think we need to, we need to meet. Let's, let's like get together and get this all hashed out. So they go to this ritzy hotel that Colleen and the family are staying at. And it is Jake, his son, David, and his ex, Colleen. And they're all sitting around the table having lunch. But Jake goes through a series of different outfit changes. Oh, yeah. I forgot this montage. Yeah. And he's like, should I go just cool? Should I be in a suit? And then he finally settles on... Our favorite substitute teacher look, which is dress shirt, uh, 
Blazer jeans. Blazer jeans. Yeah. It's, DBJ. It works. Dress shirt, blazer jeans. Yeah. DBJ. And yeah, there's some great music too. I, who's ever coming up with these like little musical interludes? Seinfeld ripoffs. Whoa. Um, so yeah, so they're all, they go to lunch. They're sitting there and the kid's really cute. And he's talking about superheroes. And he gets his food and his fries come. And Jake is like, you dip your fries in mayonnaise? And the kid's like, yeah. And Colleen's like, I think it's disgusting. And Jake just looks at him and dips his fries in the mayonnaise too. So we can assume that this is a little quirk that yeah. Jake has that this kid has gotten through his genetics. That was their paternity test. <laughs> this is he my dips kid. the fries in mayonnaise. It's gotta be mine. That's mine. That's my boy. That's my special boy. <laughs> so the kid's like... Well, my dad's just like Batman. He can beat everybody up. Where's dad, mom? Is he going to come have lunch too? Right. And this makes Jake realize that like, okay, I'm not dad here. And I need to sort of sign these papers and kind of step away. And then he's like, so Colleen, I think you have some papers for me to sign. Yeah. Simple as that. Right. And then he gets he, he says goodbye to... To little David and gives him a hug and then we get a we get a snap. We get a little snap. Who followed him there but Joe? She's been lurking around in the bushes, watching from afar, waiting for that perfect opportunity to get that perfect shot of him and his son, which she does. He has no idea she's there. Um, so we go to D and D. And Michael comes in to visit Allison to let her know that he has pulled some strings and can get her admitted to his hospital as a teaching patient. There would be no charge, but it will be a little bit uncomfortable. There's going to have to, she's going to have to get her blood pressure taken a couple of times. And there are going to be a lot of people watching over the surgery and asking questions. But when all is said and done, she doesn't owe them anything. And the surgery is scheduled for next week. Right. And that's so... Like, I get doing this with, like, dental work, but this kind of surgery up in your uterus, you want, like, you want people, like, not fully certified? I don't know. No, I mean, they're good. I think Dr. Miller, her doctor is going to do it, but they're going to be people watching the procedure. Students. Uh. If you, if, if this, if someone was like, look, it's 15 grand up front, or you just have to be like... Uh, you're going to be the guinea pig and we're going to have an experienced doctor do it in front of people, I'd be like, uh, number two, please. Yeah, I, I guess so. <laughs> I'm a cheap ass, though, so <laughs> what guess. can I say? Um, so we go over to uh, Jake's apartment and he's eating pizza by himself and uh, Joe knocks on the door and is like, I have a present for you. Right. And he, it's, he takes it, looks at it. It's the photo developed of him holding his little boy for the last time. And he's like, how'd you get this, you creep? And she's like, what can I say? I'm a snoop. Yep. And then it's a really nice photo. Like, you should frame this. But <laughs> Nope, not Jake. He just throws it up on the fridge with some, like, whack mirror uh, magnet. magnet. And then that's it. And he says... You're going to be okay, kid. You're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. And that's a wrap. So to recap, 
Uh, Rhonda finds her exit strategy. <laughs> Allison has a growth in her uterus and she's going to get it surgically removed next week. And Jake has a kid, but then he doesn't. <laughs> and lastly, Billy quits his job as Santa to watch over Allison. Yep. What's, what's uh, your 90s moments? Well, uh, I think the at the end of the episode... Uh, this is a little fashion 90s. Um, Joe is wearing a mock turtleneck shirt, but the shoulders are cut out. Hot. That's making a resurgence. That I am was... seeing that everywhere these days. But, you know, you want to be like real modest on your your chest and your neck, but those shoulders, baby, you want to just... Get them popping. And then the other thing I think is just having a tangible photo. Um Nowadays, I think we're so used to having our phones and we all have a camera on us at all times. And I mean, if this scene would have happened today, Jake could have taken video of his son. He could have snapped some photos at lunch. But really, back then... Or Joe would have text tagged him in it on Instagram. Right, yeah. <laughs> so, like, you only really had your memories back then. Mm -hmm. And really, Joe finding him and taking that photo was even more special and meaningful because she was able to do that for him. And today, I think we just take that kind of stuff for granted. Mm -hmm. And who can forget the payphone at work? Right. Well, that's mine. My 90s moments are Rhonda's uh, backwards hat that just says all that on it. <laughs> I miss that. Yeah. That, she was wearing that when Terrence came to pick her up. Jake uses the payphone. Lunch costs 20 bucks. And Allison is wearing one of those puffy little scrunchies when she starts sobbing while Billy is uh, is Santa Claus. You gotta love a good scrunchie. Gotta love the scrunch. So what kind of lesson do you take away from this episode? My lesson for this one is sign papers. Give stuff away. <laughs> and I say this because, of course, Jake has to sign away his kid. Allison has to sign those papers, turn him back into the hospital by five to give away her tumor. <laughs> and Billy sort of signs away Santa Claus. Yeah. Yeah. I think really what I took away from it is that life throws unexpected curveballs your way and you got to navigate that with people, with the support of the people that you love. Okay. Yeah. I can dig it. So this episode was called Jake versus Jake. But if you could rename it, what would it be? I would rename this episode, Now You See Me, Now You Don't. <laughs> Is that uh, in reference to the tumor and Tumor the and baby. <laughs> They're both in and out. Gone. <laughs> I hated this episode. Now you see me, now, now you, you don't. don't. Oh, that's good. Thank you. Um, mine is very reminiscent of your lesson. Um, I would call it sign your life away because um, <laughs> Jake is signing the kid away and Allison's signing to get the surgery done, but who knows what the outcome's going to be. Sign your life away. Predictions? Predictions. I predict Rhonda gets with this guy. He, like, whisks her away every episode so that she's barely in it. And then, like, they just go run off into the sunset. And I predict 
this tumor is going to be all right. Um, and I predict Jake definitely never sees this child again, and it's never brought up. Ever. I'm going the other way here. This is wishful thinking on my part. Uh, I'm thinking the surgery gets botched, which (laughs) causes a rift between Allison and the Mancinis, but then Billy's going to be with her to nurse her through health, back to health, and then they're going to get together that way. I think Jake might change his mind and try looking for the kid, and then I really think that Joe might have a future in being a stalker, the way that she covertly navigated around those bushes to get that perfect photo. Maybe. Okay. Well, we got some reviews on Apple Podcasts. As we said in previous episodes, if you review us on Apple Podcasts, we will read them, good or bad. <laughs> and fortunately, this one's good. Yay! It's entitled Love It by List1979. She says, love going down memory lane with this podcast every week. It made me go back and watch the episodes all over again. I was never a fan of season one. Oh, I think we're with you on that. Until now! Dan and Jenny crack me up with their commentaries. Cannot wait for the upcoming episodes when it starts getting really crazy. Keep up the good work, guys! Thanks, Liz. Thanks, Liz. We so appreciate your feedback, and we can't wait till it gets crazy, too. Yeah, I I need it to get crazy. Especially if we're going to start recording at freaking midnight. So, (laughs) we are on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Melrose Pod, and we just started uh, Patreon. And we wanted to thank Tommy F, Amanda N, Tara, and Michelle R for supporting us. Thanks, guys. We thank- really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much. And we will see you next week.